When I was 18, I wanted to work in law enforcement. I really wanted to be an FBI agent and thought an easy way to get there would be to join the NYPD first, go to school, and then get to the FBI. I had a friend from high school who was an auxiliary police officer. And what that is, is a volunteer police person. The eyes and ears of the force, but not the fist. Shortly after I spoke with him, I decided to join. I was an auxiliary police officer for two years, but it wasn't until June 14, 1994, that I realized I no longer wanted to be in law enforcement. It wasn't the work, it was the people on the force. That night at the precinct, the TV was on and playing the NBA Finals. The Nixon Rockets, Game 5, and was interrupted by the OJ car chase. Now, I thought he was guilty right away, but what really sealed my fate about my future in law enforcement was the officers, mostly their racist language about OJ and why his race was an indicator of his guilt. As a teenager, young adult, hell, as an adult, it's hard to combat hate speech when outnumbered, and most times you shrug and keep silent. I thought that if these were the people who were supposed to provide safety to the public, but at the same time hate a portion of the public, what's the point? I held on for another year, but ultimately handed in my badge and baton. Welcome to Broken Corners. This is a podcast that we do about memories. I'm Karen. I'm Amando. Um, this season we're talking about events that happen within our two lifetimes. And uh, this episode we're going to be talking about the OJ trial and also the Lorena Bobbitt trial. Yeah, we're going to be talking about those things and specifically with regards to perception, society perception and how perceptions change over time. I knew you had done some police work, but that's so, um, what did, what was that you said? The eyes and the ears, but not the fist? Oh, what I meant was, uh, basically the, uh, volunteer police were supposed to be the eyes and ears of the force, that if you see some shit going down, you know, you kind of report it, uh, but, but you, you, you weren't, you didn't have a gun. Didn't have a gun, uh, you, you did have peace officer status, meaning you can arrest people. Okay. But if you don't have a, you know, like, you're also seen as like a, a what they call this um, spam, which you know like a fake cop or like a fake pig. Oh, know? okay. Or a toy cop, rent a cop. We got a lot of like <laughs> things. we were we, they yelled a lot of things at us. The police car. We, they did have an auxiliary police car, and sometimes you see them. You'll probably see them in the neighborhood because it's all in New York you'll City. You'll probably see them. <laughs> yeah, because I don't live in New York City anymore. Say so, no. Um, they, there, they, but it'll say, it'll be the same colors as the, the, you know, the white and blue, but yeah. it'll say auxiliary on the front. Oh, okay. And you'll know those are. I didn't even, I guess I didn't even realize that was a thing. Yeah, that's a thing. Do they, that, wow, that's so interesting to me. So what, <laughs> like, why were you, you wanted to, you wanted to be an FBI agent, like, what were you drawn to about it? Just like, wanted to be, like, I just wanted to carry a badge and I wanted to carry a gun. Why? I just thought it was cool. You know, watching, like, Lethal Weapon, watching, um, Point Break, like, all these mm. movies that, like, I grew up on. I'm like, oh, this is the coolest thing. But then also, like, you start to, like, really get in. You're like, this is not like the movies at all. Right. You know, even from, like, a volunteer side, you're like, wow, well, A, aside from the paperwork, which you never see them doing. Right. Um, it's just not a, it's, it's a kind of nasty environment. Like, yeah. You don't want to really be a part of that, you know. I don't know. I've never really been drawn to like a very heavy male dominated like world. It kind of like makes me feel kind of weird. Yeah. You know. So it was it, it was just sort of the like the culture of it that you didn't like or I mean ultimately what turned me off was just like the blatant kind of like racist like ugly um you know, universe that's there, but like yeah. also, and with like you being Latino, did they did that stop 
them from saying anything or was, or was I mean, it just no, like different? Not at all. I mean, it's, it's one of those things. And even like when I worked in construction, I've had a lot of jobs, guys. <laughs> when I worked in construction, I worked with, you know, mostly Irish people and it's like, oh, you know, those like, not you. You're okay. You know, it's like, You're okay. Yeah. It's like, oh, you know how they're all coming over the border and then they, you know, they wink, not you. You're okay. Oh my God. As if they didn't come over the border. <laughs> Yeah, no, they didn't. I they, can they, say that. I'm Irish. <laughs> they didn't. They took a plane. Yeah. Well, they, they came by boat. <laughs> Do you remember, did you see the, did you watch the chase? We watched it at the prison. And, and I mean, after a while, I, I stopped, like, I, I, I didn't want to watch it anymore because it was boring. Because they only went 35 miles an hour. Yeah. I didn't realize it was so slow. My, I was over at Margot's house, my friend mm-hmm. in high school, and I think I was, a sophomore or okay. or a junior, probably a junior if it was 1994. But we had been watching the Pelican Brief, the Julia Roberts, yeah, and then you know on like VCR from um from the grocery store video, you know rental, and got done with that. In the you know the uh, TV flipped back over you know to the to TV to the network after that, and we were just like, what is happening? <laughs> What is going on? It's like the slowest car chase ever. Yeah, it was so strange. Did you keep up with the trial as it was happening? I didn't. I I, I did not really care. Like I I you know I always like I said I I I'm pretty sure he did it. Why? Um, like why did you? So you said that you you felt that way from the beginning. Yeah. Why did you feel that? I way? just. I mean, I I don't know if. I mean, it's all speculation that she was having an affair with um, the young man. Was it Ron Goldman, I think? His yeah. Name? It's all spec. But I mean, it's just, he probably just had a jealous, like, moment and just fucking killed her. And the way the 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 strength used to, like, cut her throat was, like, mm. it's very much like a yeah. passionate crime, right? Yeah, they were both stabbed to death and, and very, like jugulars yeah. cut and lungs punctured and yeah it's so i mean i i mean and i could be mistaken but i mean i i still yeah i'm pretty sure well so it's funny i mean i i was never into true crime kind of stuff when i was a kid and i just always thought it was so boring and an interruption of everything so i don't really remember i don't think i really had an opinion right on it but then uh i do remember there being a point at which all of a sudden things sort of flipped where everybody just started being like a few years later of like, Oh yeah, he did it. Yeah. Like remember there was, there was this sketch on SNL where he, the idea was he had gone back to being a commentator on football in that thing where they mark up the play. And then the way he did it spelled out, I did it. It it was also such like a charged time racially because it wasn't that long after the the LA riots with Rodney King. And um, how about I hit my mic some more? Yeah, I I don't know. I don't remember. I don't even really remember people around me necessarily saying like, yeah, he did or he didn't. But there, it probably weighed more heavily to just sort of like, yeah, more than likely. Yeah. <laughs> no, but it, yeah, I mean, I could. See. But I don't know why exactly. Because I didn't. It wasn't like I. I don't know. I, I never really understood what the motive was. I, I guess it was just like jealousy. I would imagine. Right. But then, so I guess people have floated theories that actually different people in that circle 
uh, had drug connections yeah. and it was, it could be something like that. Well, you know that show, Making a Murderer, that, yeah. that got you hooked on? Now, if you just use the OJ case instead of this guy and kind of go through the same thing, right? Like, right. you can probably, maybe he didn't do it. You know what I mean? Like, you could really like... Well, it's so, it's so interesting how it, when he eventually did go to jail... What he went for. What he went for, yeah. yeah. He, what was it? He was trying to get his memorabilia back? Because he sold it or it was stolen from him? He said he it was stolen from him. So he gets five guys together with guns and yeah. busts into this like motel room in yeah. Vegas to take back stuff. And so that's what he went to jail for was armed robbery. Yeah. And he was like, how can I be robbing stuff if it was mine? Right. And he got what, nine years for is, that? Is he still in prison? Or no, he he's out. Got out right? He's out. So what I read was that part of it, part of it is that, um, so the criminal trial, he was acquitted. And then there was a civil trial. Right. And I don't understand. I get that it's money versus, yeah. money yeah. versus imprisonment. And that the evidence is presented differently. But the idea that he was found culpable to, so that they're like, no, you have to pay, it's 35, 30 some million dollars as recompense for taking these people's lives right. to their families, but you're not going to jail. But so apparently like the deal is if anything the OJ does, the people who work with him know, like all they do is hand him suitcases of cash because Ron, Ron Goldman's family is like, for lack of a better term out for blood, because they're like any money you get, we are getting right. it until we hit that amount. And apparently he's only paid like 1% mm. of the 30 or 35 million. Does that feel like injustice to you? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, of course. I mean, yeah. I don't, I mean, he should, well, but even so, if he served nine years in prison time, it's still not enough to make up for the loss of two lives. Nothing's going to make up for the loss yeah. of two lives. I mean, that, that, that's be honest. But, like, how do you, yeah, how do you decide that amount? Monetary uh, compensation is not going to make up for the loss of two lives right. either. And, you know, I always, I mean, I, I understand the reason. But like you said, how can you be considered considered guilty in one court and innocent in another court? Mm-hmm. So you're like pseudo guilty, right? <laughs> you know. Oh, so that's what the so the connection. I I read that the they just call him the killer, the Goldmans. You know, yeah. and they're like we we will take every penny the killer ever has. Yeah. So they had made some strong statement like that, and then that was the day that OJ busted in and took the memorabilia back. Right. And they people like the speculation is that he was like, You're not selling stuff to give them the money. Like he's even you know, trying to keep that from happening. Yeah, I mean I it's funny because like if you're looking out and it's I there was an article um Washington Post in twenty sixteen that was talking about how the gap between people who believe what you were saying before he's in is in and guilty mm-hmm. more and more people are now in agreement um between um white america and black america that he's guilty or that he's guilty but that but then the but then the split is does that matter <laughs> like i was i was reading in the um I'm sorry, were you done with what you were about to say about that article? Oh, no, but I, but no, I'm, I'm not, no. <laughs> um, no, but it's just, it makes sense coming out of a very um, racial turmoil time. Like, 92 was the, two years prior was the uh, the riots after yeah. the, um, the beating of Run, Rodney, Rodney King. King. And, um, and then Reginald Denny? Remember the white guy then the white they guy, right. beat the shit out of? So, I mean, all this, like... Kind of, kind of very much how our political system is divided. It, it kind of creates a divide of like, regardless of what the, 
the facts are. Yeah. You know, we're, this is. And you can't deny that that cop, Mark Furman, was a racist, like, neo-Nazi kind of. Oh, yeah. He absolutely was. Yeah. They got him on, they, he eventually, he eventually was convicted of being a perjurer (laughs) because he denied, I think saying, you know, um, had denied in testimony saying the n-word all over the place and then they provided a video of him doing it and they convicted him for perjury yeah i see i mean i don't i I always feel like you don't you if you really you're really not there and you're not presented with the evidence even the evidence is not a full picture as a juror right like you're not going to get a full picture but you know i i don't feel like i can i don't have like a gut feeling about right. yes or no. Um, but I, I was reading this article in the Atlantic, which usually I'm like, oh, the Atlantic. Well, I have a paid subscription. It's so long. Yeah. Every article is so long. I know. But so I'm reading this article it's as a I, month. <laughs> <laughs> That's why they come out monthly. <laughs> um, it was, I was like, I was reading it between things at work in the afternoon yesterday. And so I, it, it was just really interesting because it started, I was from the perspective of, um, a, a guy, like a, a guy who had been pretty young, I think in college when it happened. And he was a young black man and he was just like, I was just like, yeah, he's guilty. And, but he said for people in his community in DC, right. like he, there were people all over who had like, um, run OJ run shirts yeah. and like free the juice and all, you know, all kinds of stuff. And he was just like embarrassed because, um, apparently OJ had been very, like had very much rejected any type of like black activism mm-hmm. stances yeah. and was very vocal of saying like people don't look at me as black. Right. And so I don't need to be like, you know, I'm I'm so much more than that like I don't know. <laughs> but so basically this guy was he he said like he was embarrassed by it. He felt like it was like juvenile and just ridiculous yeah. that people felt this way. And then like over time he came to realize that the like the concept of of reasonable doubt that the defense had provided that they acquitted mm-hmm. on the basis of like the jurors were really heavily disproportionately African-American women. Mm-hmm. So it was 10 out of 12 were black women. And he, his position ultimately was that the reasonable doubt was not a, the reasonable doubt within the case. It was the reasonable doubt provided by the behavior of the LAPD yep. over and uh, and black over and white people over hundreds, t- of, right. hundreds of years, yeah, yeah. And so I just I thought that was so interesting. The idea that like if you if you can't if you can't have faith in the system, right. then when you participate in it, what the rules that you're bringing to it are just not the same right. rules. Well, yeah. And, um, and it makes, it makes a lot of sense. It's, yeah. So I read, I read this article, like I, I get to the end of it and then, uh, I, I was like, oh my gosh, who wrote this? Cause this is awesome. I should, um, like I want to read more by this person. And then it was like Tata Hasey Coates. And I was like, oh my God, I'm an idiot. <laughs> of course it's him. Yeah. That guy. Yeah. He's, he also wrote, um, something about Bill Cosby. <laughs> Ding! <laughs> Every episode has Obligatory. Uh, uh, you should check it out. <laughs> But what, what you, what you, uh, it kind of reminds me of being at work and when the managers or the, you know, head staff, you know, bend the rules to their liking mm-hmm. and, you know, the frontline staff are looking at them and they're like, all right, you're bending the rules. So when I bend the rules, I'm going to bend the rules. So then there's no structure of like, there are no rules then. Right. Because if, if you're not enforcing it as the, the LAPD, I'm not going to enforce it as, you know, 
I see I see how unfairly treated where everyone is. Yeah. I'm just going to do the same fucking thing. I'm going to, you know, do what I want to do. So, I mean, it, it totally makes sense. Like the sense. idea that someone in a position of authority has has the right to use their judgment and your judgment doesn't count. Right. Is like not something I've ever, is right. part of why I have a problem with authority because right. I don't, I don't recognize, I feel like if, if we're adults who individually have to take consequences for our actions, then I also have the right to make whatever choice right. I want to make. So now my, when, when my judgment counts, I'm going to make it count how I feel, how I see fit. Yeah. But yeah. then also how that fits within a law-based society. Yeah, it doesn't. <laughs> right. <laughs> but then you also have to question. I mean, I part, also part of why I don't like rules is I don't believe in black and white application of them. I don't think I don't think justice is the same thing as black and white application right. of law or rules, you know, however you want to define it. But then how do you how do you govern? Yeah, that that's, Because because everything will seem arbitrary. Right. To somebody. So I mean, even I mean, that's how the law works though, right? Like it's like it's any like any settlements or whatever, there's the stipulation is this it's sort of black and white. But the problem with that is the interpretation, right? Yeah. So the interpretation, like what's not said is open to every types of interpretation. Yeah. And that's scary too. <laughs> so um Yeah. Oh, um, another thing he said in the article that I was really blown away by um was Wait, I have to find it. I'm just going to read it because I'll obviously mangle it. Don't butcher it. Don't butcher it. Okay, so it was the it was the idea that also they felt like he was guilty. Like maybe maybe some of them just did feel like he was guilty. Right. But so this this is this is Hasey Coates. He said Simpson had killed Nicole Brown Simpson and Ron Goldman. I suspected that then, and I'm sure of it now. But he'd gotten away with it in much the same way that white people had killed black men and women mm-hmm. for centuries and gotten away with it. Right. So, right, that's like eye for eye shit, right? Well, yeah, or just sort of a, it's not, but I don't even, I don't even know if it was so much of looking at it as like, it's balancing anything out. It's just a matter of, I'm gonna get mine. Well, no, or he did it. So what? Right. You've done it to us and just said, so what? So what? Yeah. What now? Let him out. Yeah. I don't but, agree with but, that though. <laughs> no, no, I mean it doesn't. It doesn't feel like justice, and it doesn't feel like. No, so there's like the. We've talked about this before in terms of the what to do about the um, prison industrial complex, and <laughs> not to get heavy, y'all. But you know, so the the whole po- what is the point of incarcerating people, and is it it's um, like there's the the revenge angle. Right. And then there's also the protect society from somebody who is apparently dangerous. It's like, supposed to be the, what's missing from that is the rehabilitation. And then rehabilitation. <laughs> like, yeah. and, right. Right. Because otherwise you might as well put a bullet in their head. Yes. If you're going to, yeah. If you're just throwing them away. But then, but then we know that the motivation for it is often not any of those things and it's actually just money. Right. Well, the, especially the ones that are corporately run. Yeah. Which is just, you know, disgusting. <laughs> um, yeah. I don't, I mean, I don't even know what types of programs they're providing, if they're providing any programs at all. Yeah. You know, but just to, but what I think is funny about the OJ case, because even, and I'm going to compare it now, we're going to look at the, the Bobbitt issue, hmm. is that 
the sympathy ultimately still falls on the man, right? So, like, Bobby got his penis cut off. Right. And I had to say that because the thought of it is... <laughs> and although, like, like everyone was just, like, I mean, like, it's patriarch society. We're all worried about his penis. Okay. <laughs> in fairness, it, in viewing these two things as a crime, and I, I, I have all my sympathies, but I'm going to say this first. They're right, because the man in one case was the at least um, proposed aggressor, and then the other one was the victim. Right. But I would also say that it can be skewed that OJ was the victim as he was being cuckolded. No. <laughs> it's not. Cheating on someone's not a crime. No, it's not. But what I'm saying is some people... I believe, and I've had conversations with some people, like, well, you know, like, I know it was wrong, but I understand. <laughs> I, yeah, that's so, Weird. I can't, I can't with that. That's medieval. Yeah. No, no, no shit. <laughs> <laughs> well, so with Lorena, I didn't, uh, that's another one where I, I knew it happened and I never... I like had a total yeah. lack of interest. Um, so really, that's I mean, for, so it's sort of the story. Where pretty, were you in the nineties? <laughs> I was reading about Little House. <laughs> was More on, than likely, you were on an island. Yeah, or I was on an <laughs> island. I was reading about history. I was just trying to live my life. Come on. No, I knew it happened, but like the story really began and end with she like she cut his dick off. Cut his dick off. Cut his dick off. What else do you need to know? She cut his dick off. And so now there's, um, like, it's receiving attention again, and there was that New York Times article yeah. that just came out. And so I never knew that, you know, there was there was this history of spousal abuse and that apparently he raped her the night of. Um, and then Howard Stern's is like, uh, you can't rape your wife, which, uh, Howard Stern. I don't know. The, so it, it really, it sort of, it definitely shifts the narrative. Right. And I, I guess I didn't even realize, I always assumed she went to jail, but she actually was let off for temporary insanity. She was one of the 90s temporary insanity yeah, pleas. Why not? Yeah. No, I mean, even like when it happened, it was, you had to like learn about how she was abused. And, and I always remember like, well, I mean, so they did cover that. Um, not covered, but like more, more like just kind of like if you, hang out with feminists would talk about it. <laughs> like, oh, okay. Yeah, so, like, you know, women who are into, like, politics and into the real deal would be like, no, but, you know, yes, this happened, but you're missing the big fucking story where, like, all of this happened. And you're like, oh, I mean, if you're any reasonable human being, you go, yeah. Yeah, she had a reason to. Fucked too. up, but yeah. I understand. <laughs> you know, and... <laughs> That's so funny. Okay. <laughs> That's so funny because her, I had a reason. I, I had so much more, like, lack of open turtle mouth like I gave you two minutes yeah. ago about the... No, I guess he had a reason. It's like the... Oh! Burning bed with Jane Fonda, which... <laughs> I have not the seen Jane that. Fonda? I don't know. There's a burning bush with Moses. I know about that. They didn't shave back then. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, shoot. I did think it was funny that you sent me that article with regards to Cynthia Nixon. Oh, yeah. And that she was her great-grandmother or aunt? It was, I want to say it was her her four times great-grandmother. Right. It was. I was watching that show, uh, Who Do You Think You Are? And her 
Yeah, her four times great grandmother or five times was the first woman to ever be incarcerated by the state of Missouri. And what it was was her, they had this woman and her husband and her kids lived on this farm and he had been very abusive over the course of years. And he told her one night before he went to bed in the morning, get up and say your prayers because I'm going to kill you. Like tomorrow's the day it's happening. And so he, like the genius he was, went to sleep and she just got up and got the axe and planted it in his head. And she got her kids together and she went to the neighbors and she said, I killed my husband. Mm. And so she, you know, she was convicted because she obviously said she did it and was in prison. And they, you know, a year, a year or two, I want to say into her sentence, she somehow got pregnant and then they refused to provide Mm. any, um, any care for her or even help her while she was giving birth. Mm. And like what she went through and like, they wouldn't, they would like, they, she was with the child that like the newborn infant, um, com- it was completely naked for days because they wouldn't give her like anything additional to take care of. The- Basically cause they wanted the kid to die so yeah. that it would go away. And then I'm blanking on how it eventually, it, she gets it, out. Yeah. Because it came to the, it, it became a PR nightmare. Yeah. Even like back in the 18, 18- forties, yeah. thirties or forties, maybe um, it got to the state level and they had to partner her wow. uh, and let her out. So that's what I was, when I was digging into the details of the Lorena story, Yeah, my question was, and this is a question that people in abusive situations get all the time is why didn't she leave? <laughs> and I, it's, there are a lot of reasons why people don't leave, yeah. but with her, what he had, what Bob, what John Bobbitt had told her was, I don't care if you leave the house. I don't care if you divorce me. If you do, I will find you and have sex with you whenever I want. Yeah. That's- and so that's that. I mean, I'm, I'm not, I'm not letting her completely off the hook, but if somebody tells you that, right. I, I would take drastic steps to stop something like that. If I'm just like, if I, if I need to like cut your dick off to stop you from raping me, okay. It, it, it that's the thing is like. No, I mean, he doesn't do it. He I mean, she could, anymore. I guess she could have, she could have run and tried to hide herself from him, but when someone tells you, I'm going to find right. you, okay, let's go. Yeah. I mean, it's also a time where, I mean, what were her, like, what were her rights? Like, what was she going to get? That, like, this is a country yeah. filled oh. with. Well, sorry, I'm talking about Lorena. Yeah, yeah. with this. That's what but... I'm saying. Oh, yeah. really? Yeah, like what? I, like, I know she was married to him, so she is a citizen. But like, was there, she an immigrant? I think she was. I'm oh, okay. Not 100% sure, and even if she was, there are there are cases where a, a woman who would be deported, even if she mm. was married and filed for a divorce from her husband. So, yeah, um, you know. That's another thing I read is that, um, about the why don't you leave thing is that statistically women who are killed by their abusers, it's a much higher percentage of women who have left or divorced the person. Yeah. So like you, you're more likely to die if you go. Yeah. I mean, yeah. So you, I, it's hard to fault somebody for taking a step that they feel like is for survival. Right. Cause they're ultimately, Ultimately, everyone's trying to survive, right? Yeah. So it depends on what steps you take to survival. So even if you're staying, it's still what you thought at that moment is best for your survival. Yeah. So basically, people shouldn't be judged for that. I I mean, it's a hard one, right? Because we it. Yeah, I mean, it is itself. It's it's essentially self defense. 
right. a long term. It's passive self defense. That's the real thing. You're not. It's. I guess you're being passive and you're not being taking an active role. Well, you're not fight. Yeah, you're not. She didn't. She didn't cut his dick off while he was raping her that night. She waited until he went to sleep. Well, yeah. Yeah. It's just easier to handle. Oh yeah. It's like. Yeah. No, it all like it. It makes sense, but it reminded me of um, the Centoya Brown case. She was that woman who was just recently pardoned in Tennessee. Who, when she was sixteen, she I think the story is she was she was sort of pimped out, and this older guy, um, I think he took her to a hotel room uh, and had sex with her, and then um, while he was asleep, and she killed him, mm-hmm. and took off right and so then she went to jail i want to say for 15 years mm. and he did talk about like rehabilitation like has done amazing stuff and educated herself right. and then you know started all these different programs for other people and so they've kept asking for a pardon for her over and over again and yeah, yeah, yeah. finally like gained enough mass that the governor pardoned her but it's funny because at the time of her trial it was vicious teenage hooker Right. Whereas now it's sex trafficked minor, you know, who yeah. like it, it's just the the shift of the narrative right. because they were just like, oh, she was she was deranged because, you know, she had sex with him for money and then she just killed him. Yeah. But she was felt like she was trapped in this hotel room with him. And, you know, in what if she left, she was going back to the pimp. Right. So that's I mean, that's the thing when people. We act like people have this full range of choices, and sometimes their choices have, like, narrowed down. Right. And, well, also, yeah, and I know what you were saying is also our perception of them is shaped by how the media perceives them, right? Yeah. So if you're like, oh, this, you know, ratchety, well, they wouldn't use ratchety, but this <laughs> ratchety um, teenage hooker kills, you know, man, you know, you're like, oh, I think. I'm like, I don't know. You would probably think that, the, oh, this person's a horrible human being, right? Because they killed somebody. And, and back then, you would probably be like, oh, it's a person of color. So you're automatically think that, you know, you would probably think most of America would be like, oh, this person's yeah. a criminal. We have to protect ourselves from Yeah, them. from these crazy teenage hookers. Yeah. How'd they get there? <laughs> like, yeah. You know, like, I don't know. Um I think our perceptions have have changed and we've become a little bit more progressive, which is a good thing. I mean, I'm not saying that. And, it, you know, we, I, I think we, we're not 100% there, but I think we do consider, we we do have a lens to look at um, the victims on both sides or be more compassionate. At least yeah. I hope, sometimes. There, yeah. I, but I think there, there are definitely a lot more women in jail for this kind of thing than I realized. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, yeah. I mean, they're, yeah. There's actually this group that I follow called um, survivedandpunished.org mm. that they're they're working on basically getting clemency for women who right. are in jail for self-defense. Yeah. It makes sense. I mean, there's a lot of um, domestic violence in this country. Yeah. Um, so it would make sense that people would fight back. Right. Eventually, and, you know... Over time, especially over time, I would imagine the PTSD that you get, and with PTSD comes violent action sometimes. So it would make yeah. sense that people fight back. You know, yeah, it's a we're a great bunch of people as human beings. Really. <laughs> <laughs> I do feel for Lorena Bobbitt, though. I, 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 
I, I think of a, a young woman who was, you know, it was tortured. Yeah. So do I cutting off a piece of penis is pretty, but I mean, that's a good way to, Take I mean, he got the message. Yeah. <laughs> I'll tell you that much. Did he though? Because no, he's he still he's like, he not. still sends her Valentine's cards. He oh. still says he loves her. What a dick. And she really like, she got her life together. Yeah. I mean, she, she got married and she had a kid and she does all kinds of, um, all kinds of good work, but I don't know. He eventually, he went to jail for multiple things and yeah. he's been abusive to all kinds he's of people. A, he, and, yeah, he's a, he's a scumbag. Yeah. I remember when he did the, porn and he it was called yeah frankenweiner or something like that yeah aside from the one of the things she said in in that times article i think i think there's a netflix documentary coming out so it's like um, ramp up to that uh jordan peele i think yeah Mm -hmm. yeah yeah but she said it i I think the quote was something like it was just all about it Mm -hmm. with the it being his dick like that everybody was just like completely focused on it but i will say like there were funny details too like there's sort of macabre yeah humor to the whole thing like when they found it in the field they put it in a hot, um, box. hot dog yeah. box from 7-eleven yeah and then apparently um mci the phone company in MCI, i want to say in massachusetts time. they had like just a week or two before had run this phone commercial that included a family called the bobbits oh. where they got a um, good rate <laughs> on their service or something oh, no. and so then people the joke was like MCI when they cut off your service they really mean it oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, no I mean I think there was something also in that article that um, I think someone had said either the writer of the article had said that if if something of the wom- of a woman was severed mm-hmm. nobody would be talking about this right you know and like female genital mutilation yeah exactly yeah and it wouldn't be a story at all. Right. Um, so, or we definitely still wouldn't be talking about it. Also, you got <laughs> the name Bobbit is just funny. If you're going to cut something off, yeah, Bob, yeah, Bobbit. It's funny. <laughs> Could have been Splice. <laughs> I, I, I mean, was that like? I know that like 24 hour news media was like in the 80s. Like started with like CNN, right? Yeah. So like, then you're going into the the time and the like. It's like just. Where any story becomes so much bigger, right? Yeah. And like, so like you have your OJs and your Bobbits and like they're just always there. And then it gets into, it feeds into pop culture and it, I don't know, it's just really funny how much sensational news, cause I kind of tell much penis off is pretty, that's like sensational, like, like. Well, it was one of the first penis reattachments too, right? I, <laughs> yeah, I mean. Yeah. Mm. Man, they taught, it's, it's funny. It makes me feel old, but I I still watch Grey's Anatomy, and that show's been on forever. <laughs> it's probably I think it's its thirteenth season or fourteenth season. Really, really? Yeah, How to save but life. it's funny what they talk about too. Like they because they talk about so many different kinds of um, you know cutting edge surgeries because somehow right. every every single uh, one of their surgeons is a you know cutting edge surgeon cutting edge surgeon. Um, but the, like they talk about reattachments and like all kinds of stuff. In a way that I guess it's become so much more commonplace than it used to be, like what they can do as far as transplants and, mm. yeah. Mm. <laughs> this is so uncomfortable. Yeah. Yeah, it's not great. Oof. It's not great. It's not a good one. <laughs> but do you, so did you, you, but you felt like, just to go back to this, like that as far as public perception between the two, that there was just sort of, that it was unfair to both or I think, you know, I, I think you can call them the same because 
you have both have a two two perpetrators or alleged perpetrators. One actually is convicted and one is not, right? Yeah. But um, who belong to oppressed classes of people. Uh, and both had people championing their cause. So mm-hmm. they were, you know, they had women um, championing um, Bobbitt. And they have, you know, the black community championing, not, I don't know about championing, but like basically supporting, and like you said, uh, free juice or whatever juice go run juice. Yeah. <laughs> but, well, and with Johnny Cochran, he definitely brought. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it just, I, I guess it just goes back to if you, if you fuck with people, <laughs> you're never going to get a true, like, I don't know, like you're never going to get a true outcome or like, I guess justice will never truly be what justice I guess is supposed to be mm, yeah know, you know what I mean like you'll never like yeah she was totally wrong but there was a and the difference is there was a direct injustice to her where there was not really a direct injustice to OJ yeah you know uh, there was just a direct injustice to a mass group of people who have uh, been fucked over for years um, that would be the only difference so um any new memories this week? Yes. Uh, actually, just last night, I went to... Oh, you know, I was talking about Postmodern Jukebox, that group, yeah. mm-hmm. last episode. So I was telling I was telling my friend that I was going to that concert, and so I sent her a YouTube video of one of their videos, and it was, um, it was the one I used as the example of uh, that Selena Gomez song being mm-hmm. sung in, like, Jixie... Jixie. Dixieland jazz style. Um, so the, the singer on that, I was saying how like they rotate, they rotate the band and the singers in and out. So like they just have really amazing vocalists all the time. So her name was Emily Braden and I decided to look her up and it was just like, Oh yeah, tomorrow she's going to be at this bar on Christopher street. And so Brian and I went after work last night. Cool. Yeah. And, um, she's just an amazing vocalist and I'm, I'm not the biggest jazz fan in the world if I'm honest because scatting I have. Oh, were they scatting? Yeah. Hmm. Um, so, I mean, parts of, I, I really enjoyed parts of the scatting. I, but you know, I just have a limited attention span. And so, um, you know, like there's a certain amount of improv where I, I, I float somewhere else after a while. Yeah, yeah I get that. But it was, it was really cool. It was just that it was called Bar 55 and it was this just old divey, old divey bar in a basement right next to Stonewall. Oh, okay. Yeah, she was amazing. And then her, her band, I'd have to look up what their name was, um, if they have a separate name from her, but it was just really good. She's such a great vocalist and she's got, she's got stuff up on Amazon. Actually, she's got stuff on SoundCloud, if you're on SoundCloud right now. Um, and then new stuff coming out on, um, on Amazon, like a new album, I think in the next few months. So yeah, it was amazing. Cool. So that's all for this week, folks. Please visit us on all our social media platforms. We have a Patreon, which we have a, also on our platforms yeah yeah the link to that is on our website or on our profile and it's also the the urls patreon.com slash broken corners podcast and thank you for those who have joined to support our program and we look forward to many more (laughs) (laughs) all right goodbye (laughs) thank you have a good week